Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast, the show where three couples get together and talk about how God parents us and then try to parent our kids the same way. On today's episode, we're going to continue our conversation from last week about violence by asking ourselves what God's policy is as a parent related to allowing us to come into contact with traumatizing experiences. Then we get into, honestly, a pretty tough topic. The Sandy Hook Promise Organization recently put out a YouTube video titled Back to School Essentials that basically serves as a reminder to parents that school shootings are real, and we felt like that might be a relevant addition to our violence conversation. So just bear in mind, if you have kids around and don't want them hearing about that kind of stuff, then keep that in mind. Let's go ahead and get started. Last question. I feel I feel like this is kind of the heart of the issue. And I think for me, I mean, I think the basic question comes down to this tension between protection and letting your kids experience things that might damage them. Are you going to helicopter and make sure their environment is perfectly set up for them? Or are you going to allow them to explore things that they might come into contact with that might be bad for them? And I guess I guess I just think that my answer to that question where I should fall in that spectrum is basically what I, whatever I think God falls on the spectrum is what I'm trying to get to, right? Like to whatever degree God protects me to whatever degree he gives me freedom is, is where I'm trying to land. So how would you answer that question? Like how much, how much do you think God protects versus exposes us to bad things in the world? Or how do you process that dilemma as a parent? Yeah, I don't think, I don't necessarily think he quote unquote protects us in the sense of like the helicopter parent uh what whatsoever i mean i my experience i've been i've been blessed and yeah lucky or whatever <laughs> however you would want to say it uh to not be exposed to actual violence uh in my life mm-hmm. but like other people have been a lot of people have been exposed to that and i don't i don't think that's a representation of God like favoring like me over others you know it's just a like hey this is how the world operates like there are bad things that happen and so sometimes you are just put in a position where the people around you are not making good decisions and they're bad <laughs> they're mean to each other they're violent to each other and I don't think God isolates us from those experiences. Mm, I I, I, th- I think for me, He knows the right situations to to put me in uh, overall. A lot like I'm not saying that God just randomly just yeah lets the pieces fall where they may. I don't know. There there is an element of just like hey, why why was I blessed to have parents who loved each other and didn't fight with each other and you know other people do and. I just feel like there's no there's no distinction between me and someone else who has been experienced to, to that where I can say oh God protected me but He didn't protect you from it like like I would not feel comfortable saying that type of statement. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think it's less about comparing between people and being like oh God protected this person more and didn't protect this person more. I I think what you're saying like what you're what what you're saying I think sh- shows me that God doesn't shelter anyone from damage wholly and completely. I think we right. can say that with a lot of confidence, right? That, that there's nobody out there that God's God's attitude as a parent is not to keep his children from damaging experiences or traumatic right. experiences. Yeah. I think though, I mean, wouldn't you say that that you could see God's hand of protection in your life like leading you sure, away yeah. from in, you know, away from possibly bad experiences. And I, I would say he's probably doing that to to everyone in different ways to different degrees based on the situation that they're in. 
Right. Yeah, I, I think there is some level of protection, but I no, I I appreciate your. I think your point is is an important one to make that just because the degree of trauma you've experienced in your life depends on how much God chose to protect you is a very uh, incorrect and, and dangerous kind yes, of yes. statement thank to make. You. So I, I, I thank, I you for, that, yeah. <laughs> thank you for thank you for summing up my my own thought, my own <laughs> rambling thoughts. Uh, yeah. Simply. <laughs> no, that no, that's that's really really important. I, I hadn't even thought about that, but as you're saying, I was like, yeah, that, that's a really really key thing to key thing to say for sure. But I also think that there is a right. major choice that God's made to say, this world is bad, this world's dangerous, and I'm going to let my children experience it. I just yeah. will. You know, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you see that from the beginning, the first choice he made, which is you know putting a damaging tree in the garden, right? I mean, he, he put mm-hmm. them in a situation where he wasn't going to prevent them from, I mean, he clearly could have prevented them from getting there, but he, he just chose not to because that's his attitude. So my views basically kind of go back to what you said earlier, Jake, actually, actually definitely go back to what you said earlier, where I think it's important that like I see God very much as a protector, but I also see him equally or even maybe more so as a healer in the sense that he does keep us from damaging experiences that he knows perhaps are too damaging for us. But he obviously lets us experience experience lots of tra- traumatic things. But I think his role, even more than protecting us, is in counseling us and, and leading us into healing from those mm. traumatic experiences. Because, I mean, kind of what you were saying, Dan, too, earlier, is that it, you know, trauma and damage and the healing, the healing after those things really does make us better, make us stronger, make us more whole people. What that shows me as a parent is that if God allows us to be damaged, but then comes alongside of us and heals us and counsels us into wholeness again, then like, as I was thinking about this, the the thought I had that, that meant that was actually pretty meaningful to me was that we should, we should expect our kids to get damaged. We should expect them to get hurt. We should expect them to be traumatized in this life. And I think a lot of parents, their kids get damaged, their kids get traumatized and they think, oh no, I've done a bad job parenting because I let my child experience something bad because I let them see that show because they went over to that friend's house and they had this bad experience there or I didn't put them in the right school and they got traumatized in that school or whatever it is. Like their kids get hurt somehow and they think I'm a bad parent. I've done a bad job. And I think that cannot possibly be the right way to respond, the correct way to respond, I should say, because if, if that's a measure of how good of a parent you are, then God is like the worst parent ever because of how much damage like all of his kids have experienced, right? Because of how much crap that we've all encountered and how much has hurt us. He would be a terrible parent if that was the metric for good parenting. Mm-hmm. But God's metric for parenting is, I think, the willingness and the ability and the intentionality that you have when you come alongside your child and help them process through it and help them experience wholeness and healing and true, true growth and true maturity. And so like for me, that's what I want to come expecting out of parenting is that my kids are going to get hurt kind of a lot. And that doesn't mean I just totally throw off any effort to protect them. There's some wisdom in that. But mostly what I'm expecting as a parent is to come alongside my kids, help them process it, help them heal from the trauma. That's good. Yeah, this is a question that I have. I'm not sure how to apply this, how to apply God's perspective or God's actions when it comes down to this. His scale is just so much larger. Kind of the premise of this show, I I almost don't even know like how I feel like I can apply like God's a dad parent like him. Uh, But when it comes to this like risk or damage area of his involvement in our lives, I like still I don't don't know. I I don't know how to like transfer that over because like just practically 
it's almost like, well, okay, I, you know, do what you want <laughs> and like deal with the consequences. Like, yeah, jump off that bridge. You're going to break your arm, but you know, you can do that. <laughs> uh, like, like the amount that we can do and have done as a human race is out. It's crazy. You know, just like the, the potential for us hurting ourselves or others, others hurting ourselves is so like vast that I think you're right, Justin, in the fact that it's like, well, God's protecting everybody a significant amount. And we like, he also provides the freedom to, to make the correct choices or whatever. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to, how to navigate these waters. Uh, because when I see the world play out as it is, I'm like, oh, that's, it's going to effed up, <laughs> you know, like it's really hard to see God's uh, protection in abusive relationship. Practically, it really does not look uh, like there's protection uh, mm-hmm. going on in those events. You know, and then you cycle to like, yeah, you've got the tree, which would be the first example. And then you've got the cross, which would be the last example. Those are two pretty uh, freewheeling sort of um, choices and sacrifices that God required um, or that he allowed. You know, he allowed the tree. He required Jesus. So the meta, I think it's easier to see, but like specifically when we're living the day-to-day, I have a harder time Mm. processing this. And then it could be applied to like risk management just in general with like finances or with what sports you're going to let your kids play or yeah, violent, you know, like it it just gets, I I would be interested. I'm interested in more thoughts here because like, yeah, that could be, yeah. I mean, that's a full conversation. Basically when I say that I'm, speaking out of the fact that the Bible declares God as a protector and a defender. Yeah. And, and I'm speaking out of my own single life experience and the narrative that I see playing out in my life where I see, I just, I just do, I believe that God kept me from certain things or led me certain ways that protect me from certain situations that would have been bad. But Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate what you guys are saying. I think it's super important too to not just speak flippantly about God protects people. And then you see if, so many people in the world that are so much worse off and going through really hard stuff and really damaging stuff and are like, doesn't feel like God's a protector to me. It doesn't feel like yeah, he's know. saving me from anything. It feels like he's actually just abandoned me. You know, I think a lot of people feel that way. So I feel like, yeah, I do. I've, I feel like there's like, there could be an entire episode or, or more talking about protect God's protection and parent, parental protection and how that goes together and how it fits. There's plenty of meat on that bone, I would say, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I think like, my general take on the the whole thing so far is that like God's allowed the fall. He has sent specific people and his son and now us as ambassadors to be that protection. But even that is kind of like hard for me to reconcile like the significant losses that are occurring day to day. I mean, yeah, it's the problem of evil, right? I mean, it's the perhaps the most difficult fundamental question to ask right i almost feel like if you're gonna start talking about god that should almost be like the first topic you cover is like how do you view the world in light of evil i feel like that your answer to that question is interwoven into every topic you ever talk about and the way you answer it mm-hmm. when we were when we were you know starting I, I thought about our first episode talking about the problem of evil and just our thoughts on why bad things happen and how god works into them and that kind of thing but i was like i just don't know if that's a good way to start <laughs> but 
<laughs> in some ways, I think it might have been. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but yeah, probably not as uh, entertaining. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's time to do that. Uh, is there anything we missed? Is there anything any other thoughts you guys had that didn't uh, didn't slip in naturally? What Jake was saying, like I do think that. Well, I don't have any problem with like the amount of violence that Eli is involved in currently. Like I am wary, and I do think that it is valid to be concerned with the amount of violence that that like just as a culture we produce and consume yeah like in the cases of like mass shootings where video games have played a role it's like you know some kid's been playing postal in his basement bedroom for 14 hours a day that behavior is concerning to me (laughs) and i don't i don't want to downplay uh violence in in anything uh cool so anything you bet your salvation on uh, that the world is a violent place. <laughs> that that's about it. I guess I guess I'll, I'll bet that it was a, a a sacrifice for Jesus to die on the cross. <laughs> yeah, I think that I would be my salvation. That in His infinite wisdom, God for some reason has decided the best thing for humanity is not to shelter us from bad things or hard things. Mm. And I'm not sure I totally understand why that is. I mean, I think that's obviously the question people struggle with so much. But yeah, he's decided that that's um, somehow for our best and somehow at least humanity's best. Yeah, I don't know. It's the the way he wants the world to be. So I guess that really does sort of inform my parenting a little bit when I think about that. And I'm like, if God decided that, you know, he's going to let his kids experience bad things, then I might have to be okay with letting my kids experience bad things too. All right. Well, see ya. Have a good one. Awesome. We'll see ya. Thank you guys. That's it for our first conversation. Like I said earlier, we are going to have a conversation now about a video that Jake brought up after we got done talking about violence the first time. He saw this video and felt like it was extremely relevant and even kind of changed his mind about some of the stuff he just said in the previous episode. So I'm going to go ahead and play the audio clip from the video so you can have a little context of what we're talking about. But if you've got a minute, I would go online and check it out. It's uh, pretty compelling stuff. Once again, from this point on, the topics do get a little bit dark. So if you have kids around, just be aware of that. To give you a little context, since you can't actually see the video, obviously, the premise of the video is these kids are showing off their new school supplies their parents bought them, but in the context of how they would be used if a gunman would enter their school and start shooting people. So let's get to it. Here is the clip. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. pretty sobering stuff. I will say before we get into it that we actually were about 25 minutes into our conversation and then Dan realized that I had not hit record. So we are going to kind of jump into a conversation a little bit midway. But basically, we didn't really talk about that much for the first 25 minutes other than how horrifying that video was, how horrible it was to think about our kids being in that situation 
and just kind of breaking down some of, some of the reasons the video was so effective. But the second half of our conversation was the best part anyway, so hope you enjoy it. What do you think is the most interesting conversation we can have around this, around this topic? Uh, did that video change or at least make you think about trying to change the way that you view violence and the way that you uh, share violence with your kids through media? To me, it kind of exposed a little bit the chasm between the violence that I consume regularly or my children consume regularly through media, the chasm between that and what actual violence is like or what actual violence, like the reality of it. Like basically, it made me think, oh, this like play violence that they experience is even farther from the real thing than I, than I initially thought. <laughs> right. Because, <Yeah. laughs> because the level of seriousness and horror that I was feeling was sure. miles away from the Fortnite experience or anything that they've ever seen on, on a TV show or a cartoon or whatever. Because I think our brains do such a good job of, <laughs> of dividing reality from theoretical violence in the same way that like someone can tell me there's school shootings that happen. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's a bad thing. Versus me being drawn into the experience of a school shooting and seeing children in schools where there's a school shooting happening. Like even seeing it uh in that depicted in that way, I was like, oh wow, this is yeah, this is a way different experience for me just like hearing about school shootings. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it made me feel like, no, I I don't think I need to be any more careful because it yeah, it showed me how far away from the real thing it actually is. It made me at least pause. Just seeing our like children getting shot and dying, mm, yeah, right. it's not their fault that school shootings are so prevalent where we just expect it every year. That it, it's like an actual cultural phenomenon, and so it at least made me pause and think, like, oh man, the the way that I consume violence and the way that I embrace it is is at least like adding or just supporting the culture of violence that that we live in especially from what we talked about before it made me say like wow maybe i do need to rethink the way i expose my son or my children to violence yep that's definitely the more conscientious response to the video yeah i mean i don't know how i will like i don't know if it if it will actually be effective like right. it, oh it, it makes me think for a day or for a week and then you know after that i i just go back to my regular life but <laughs> as a kid i never understood what my parents beef was with teen or mature rated games mm. it always felt to me like like they were no big deal uh, and i think i still kind of feel that way because the object like my my pursuit was never to enact a violence my pursuit was like to demonstrate mastery or to like be free in this world to make decisions, competition, and I beat you. First person shooters have always felt very much to me like paintball, like the same sort of like your, your intent in paintball is never to hurt anybody, but you do want to shoot the other person. And it's about tactics. It's about your dexterity. So as a kid, I, I never understood and I was always frustrated by my, my parents' decisions. But I remember the first time seeing Saving Private Ryan 
Mm. And I remember being like horrified at storming the beach. I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I had played so many D Day invasions through Medal of Honor and yeah, Call of Duty and Medal of Honor. Call of Duty. Two yeah. The argument could be made that because you were the person storming the beach in the video game, that it should be more impactful and you should be more driven to like the emotional response of like wanting to kill you know the people in the towers or like but that was that was not the case at all there was like no emotion associated with those scenes for me and i played those you know when i was young too like i snuck them but i was like 15 or 16 when i saw saving private ryan and i remember being it was such a different um experience versus playing the games that they were it was just so disconnected those two experiences i i think yeah let let me rephrase my like apprehension this way it it's not necessarily like man i want to have my children not consume violence because i'm afraid that it'll make them violent but it's just like i see in that video kids just being shot at and just this idea of violence surrounding kids. Then I just think about it just in general. In general, I just don't want my child to be in violent situations. <laughs> right? Like it, it made me just say, wow, I really hope that's not my child in a school shooting. And so then I just like, oh, overall, I just don't want my child to be in violent situations. So then it made me more aware of just even the violent things that I'm like putting around him. Yeah, the, I'm guessing you would. The place where you differ is that it's like Dan saying, paintball is a lot like Halo in that it's it's what you what do you see when you actually play it? Is it is it tactics? Is it a game, or is it you do you actually feel like you're walking around with a gun and shooting people? And right. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would argue, I would say the same thing as Dan is that my experience with those with those forms of violence is that it is more like paintball, and really, you know, paintball is basically dodgeball. Yeah, or like, like capture the flag, or yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, basically, mentally, I think what happens when I, when I play them is exactly the same feeling or s- sensation or experience I get when I play dodgeball or capture the flag. Right. It's nearly identical. So I, I would totally agree that I don't want my kids to be on violence at all. But I guess basically what I what that helps me realize is that I don't feel like those games are actually it doesn't feel like violence <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's so. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, have you have you watched some of those? Um, I'm sure you have those videos about athletes when they like break their leg playing basketball or they get or they like snap their arm in football or something like that. And you, you like watch them get injured or whatever. Yeah, that is. 1,000 times more disturbing than anything I've ever watched on like a cartoon or played on a video game, right? Watching Mm -hmm. someone's leg like snap into an L shape is so much more uh, violent, I would say, and kind of horrifying to me and my nature because it's because I know it's real because I can like imagine myself actually having that happen to me, you know, looking at my own arm and being like, what if my own arm was in that shape and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like that shows me those things are actually even though they wouldn't be described as violent acts to me they're actually like further up on the violence scale right right than yeah anything else experience yeah i guess i guess my question with that then like i get i get that with the video they're trying to humanize it and i get that they are trying to make it a reality for 
people to maybe change their minds about certain things if it becomes more real to them. And it is it is somewhat effective in doing that. But I mean, I watched that and it moved me and I was like, oh, this is horrible. This is terrible. But I mean, is it possible for us as humans to enter into a horrifying reality that we've never experienced? Because it almost to me, it feels like a survival mechanism. God made our brains to not be able to do that. Because if we if we were able to do that, <laughs> then I think it would destroy us. Like, I feel like it would destroy me. If I could imagine something bad happening and then actually right. open my eyes to the reality that that bad thing could happen to me in my life. And then I could, like, imagine it happening. And then I could put myself in that situation. Or I could think about it happening to my kids or whatever. If it was really real to me that that was a reality, I think I might be stricken with a crippling fear that would ruin my life because there are so many bad things that can go wrong. Yeah. So I just don't know. Is, is it possible for us as humans to actually even get to that place? I think so. For sure. I, I think, I think some people do and, and they're, they're obviously not healthy. I, I think that's the, the other part of the question is even if we could, would we want to the, the video too is so, it's so jarring because you're because you're seeing kids getting shot, <laughs> and so I think they had to go so extreme to even like get you into that mindset because it is so hard for people to to like enter in and conceptualize uh, an event as traumatizing as that when, when they've never experienced it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin, is what you're saying that you're a robot? You don't care about uh. <laughs> i'm saying that if i if i could actually do that i mean i just think you'd have to if you were actually going to do that you would have to couple it with an extreme profound faith in god as well Mm. in order to not be consumed by fear yeah (laughs) uh just like constant crushing life altering fear i feel like you also have to live in the reality of heaven as well if you're going to do that because living just in the reality of the world is terrifying yeah, I'm I'm sort of wrestling with my life. Like, how do how do I watch that video? How do I enter into that reality? Because like I want to, like I want to empathize and I want to say, yes, I, I want to feel for these parents. I want to I guess orient my values and my beliefs around what really happens in the world. I don't want to orient my values and beliefs around ignorance, right? And just like right. shoving those ideas away. But but then what I'm finding is that when I try to accept those ideas and be like, okay, these are a real part of the world, then I find myself confronted with a immense amount of fear and i'm like well that doesn't seem like a good idea either you know i i think i would rather live ignorant and happy than aware and fearful all the time uh is is basically kind of where i would rather fall but as i get older i find that hard to do it's like harder for me it's growing becoming harder and harder for me to be to choose ignorance because i'm like but bad stuff can happen yeah i definitely think it's possible and that there's varying degrees of like health because that's how people get like crippled by anxiety right I think people can lose kind of control of their thoughts and then, yeah, it kind of can run, run amok. Yeah. I think, I think that it's totally possible. I mean, isn't that just like what empathy is, whether or not you're able to actually empathize with another person, mm-hmm. which is why I think the video is like impactful is because as a situation, it's really hard to, to conceptualize. But then I think when there's a face, and you right. like are able to see an experience that I think it's a whole lot easier to like put yourself in that position. Right. That's true. I have seen a guy pop, pop an Achilles before. And ever since I've seen it, I've been kind of nervous about popping my Achilles. Oh gosh. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> like, like you saw it in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. 
Yeah, I do. It, it, it has entered my conscious reality ever since I saw uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. For sure. Mm. But again, I'm not sure that's a win. I don't know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I mean, ultimately, it probably is a win because, you know, it, I mean, it, I already kind of said this, but like every time I'm, enco- I've enc- I'm encountered with fear or the reality of the world, it the place I always end up going is I'm like, well, I have to find some way to feel safe, right? I have to find some mm-hmm. way to feel secure again. And the only place that works is God. You know, I mean, I, I just yeah. can't, I can't find any other place to, and I've tried, but I can't find any other place to put my, my trust and my, my feeling of security other than him. So ultimately it probably is a good, it probably is a, a worthwhile endeavor to mm-hmm. try to open your mind to more, to more violent realities of the world. <laughs> Yeah. Rather than living in your in a bubble, just because nothing bad's happened to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the 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 more bad things that happen to you, I think the more you are pushed to God if if you know Him. Right. <laughs> so, uh, are you advocating <laughs> that? To me, sounds really messed up. I wouldn't necessarily disagree that like having bad things to you can draw you closer to God, but it sounds like you're advocating a little bit to intentionally expose yourself to negative experiences. I know that's probably not what you're saying, but I think it could be mm. heard that way. No, I'm not talking about the experiences, but I'm talking about like when I watch that Sandy Hook video, the question I'm asking myself is like, should I watch that video and try to make that a part of my reality? Or should I just not think about it? Mm. Yeah. Not like, should I put my kid in a school shooting situation so that I'm drawn close <laughs> to God? <laughs> but should I, like when I'm presented with the evidence that there is the reality of school shootings in the world, should I engage with that reality or should I just like put it off to the side and ignore it? Because I think largely well, when I've encountered the evidence for bad things, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I won't. Re- that, I don't really need to think about that that much. That probably won't happen to me. And then just that's the only thought I give it. So yeah. I'm just saying if I engage with thinking about it, then it it does lead me to a place of concern, fear, worry, anxiety, which then has often led me to have God meet that anxiety. So what I'm saying, I think the difference is that like, or I think the clarification point there is that like when you encounter those particular experiences or or ideas, it sounded to me like you were advocating for um, almost kind of just like a masochistic sort of lifestyle where you're trying to engage or that you can view those that you view like hardship and bad things as a blessing. It sounded almost like you need these bad things in order to thrive because they will push you back to God. Yeah. Plenty of people think that. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to like right. just clarify and be like, well, I, I think you can have an abundant relationship with God when your life's going great. Right. And you don't need those things in order to like have you be hungry for God. And hungry for like being in his in his presence and stuff like that can totally be achieved without you know watching the Sandy Hook commercial. No, I mean I think I think the, I mean I think the attitude that 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 you're describing comes about because lots and lots of people have these have way more experiences where they're drawn to God through hard things than being drawn to God through abundance and ease. I'm not at all advocating for that, but. There is, you know, there is a lot of compelling anecdotal evidence, I think, in lots of people's lives that would say, I don't know, the, that those hard experiences brought me closer to God than anything else. I'm with you in theory. I'm with you in principle, for sure. But I also recognize that a lot of people <laughs> feel that way about certain seasons in their life. 
And I mean, the, this would be like a, a different type of conversation too, if we actually knew, not, not even if we had experienced that, but if we just knew someone who had been, who had a child in a school shooting or, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, it's like the whole cancer thing, you know, like it, it's hard to conceptualize like having cancer, but it then bridges that reality when you, when maybe you yourself doesn't don't have cancer, but you know someone who did or someone close to you experienced that. And so it makes it, yeah, the, the reality becomes, the, the conversation changes the more the reality gets closer to you. Because we do, like, respond differently when it's actual people, <laughs> like, sitting in front of us you know we're in small group and someone's sharing something difficult about their life you know like there's a moment where we're for like forced almost to enter into that reality and to empathize and to care and to love for them right right all right guys i gotta i gotta bounce all right man cool Peace. take it easy all right thanks so much for listening as usual If you have not yet told your spouse about this podcast, please do so. If you do not want to tell your spouse about this podcast, then please tell a friend or a family member or someone that you know that might enjoy it so that you can get the word out and maybe even have an interesting conversation with them about some of these topics. Also, if you've got 30 seconds and would like to perform a random act of kindness today, go to iTunes, click on our show, leave a rating and review. That will really help us out and just make us feel good inside. Give us some of those warm and fuzzies. Next week, we'll be talking about Halloween since it's getting close. I know it's something that Christians feel a little bit divided on at least, so we kind of tackle it from our perspective and what we think God's perspective is, so you can look forward to that. We will see you next week. And God is like the worst parent ever. Yeah, jump off that bridge. You're going to break your arm. <laughs>